Ovechkin and the Capitals were this close to ending the season on a high note. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked On Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the Sirius XM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holmey. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at LockedOnCaps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked on Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. So in this edition of Locked On Capitals, we talk about Ethan Bear's debut with the Capitals. I'll give you my thoughts on how we played, how the, what the coaching staff and his fellow teammates thought. We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about how we want to see more Hunter Shepard between the pipes. I want to see more Hunter Shepard between the pipes. Why is that? I'll talk about that. But just to get it going here, we will talk about the game against the Nashville Predators, the game that was so close. The Toronto office there that was looking at it said, not so fast. You're not walking away from this one with a victory. Uh, it was a rough game to watch in the regard that uh, the Capitals were coming on strong towards the end of the game. This was a little bit of a different Capitals game in the regard that the last few games, it seems like the Capitals uh, struggled uh, in, in the later in the part of the game, but played uh, better in the first part. This was different. The Capitals actually struggled to start the game and played better in the second and third period. And then what better way uh, could we have ended 2023 than Alex Ovechkin getting the game-winning goal? But alas, it wasn't meant to be. And it's a tough pill to swallow for Capitals fans, as we know that Alex Ovechkin has struggled this season in the goal-scoring department. What better way than to say Alex Ovechkin is back than to have two goals and then his second goal be the game-winning goal. That would have been really great. That would have been the things that, that stories are made of, but alas, it was not meant to be. It was frustrating. As a Capitals fan, I was screaming at the television, as I should be, and as I'm sure a lot of you were, uh, that there's no way that this goal is getting overturned, but that was the case. Um So that was the tough thing. So what did they say? They said that Nick Dowd uh, interfered with their goalie uh, and that impeded his ability to move over uh, and stop the goal. In my assessment, not so much. I still think that uh, he was able to move back and forth. Askarov was still able to move. Maybe not 100% mobility, but I would say darn close to, let's say, 95% mobility out there. And I know 
that when I watch these games, I'm watching them with Capitals colors glasses on, just like the rest of you are, that sometimes, you know, maybe if it was the other way around, I would have said, you know, that is good, that he was uh, stopping, uh, you know, Hunter Shepard in the net or something like that. But in any event, watching the video, I think that Nick Dowd was, you know, in the paint. He was right up in front there, but I still think that ultimately Askarov could have moved and stopped it, but I'm going to have to get over it. But it's not just that. We were hoping that Alex Ovechkin could have got the game-winning goal, two goals in one game. How long has it been since we've seen that? But not only that, it would have also been John Carlson's 500th career assist. Talk about ruining our parade, Toronto. Um, (laughs) And that's just the way that it goes, isn't it? That uh, Toronto had to kind of stick their nose into it. And I understand that this is the way that these rules are set up and everything. But the thing that's interesting, just to talk about the officiating and the way the rules are set up, is that Nashville didn't challenge it. The officials on the ice, they didn't see anything wrong. Why do we need officials up in Toronto sticking their nose into it? That was what was tough for me. Uh, But his goal that he did get earlier in the game, it was his seventh goal of the season. Ovi's first goal came when he set up from his office with a a a feed from Strom and drove it past Askarov. That was good for his first regulation goal since November. Am I saying that Alex Ovechkin is out of the woods and he's back in action I mean, I'm not going to go ahead and say that. I think that he is taking steps in the right direction. I don't think that he's back to his former glory. I don't think that he's going to be anywhere near where everyone had him projected. But I think that his confidence is building, and he was overflowing with confidence, I'm going to say, when he scored what was at the time thought to be his second goal of the game. He was just, even though Alex Ovechkin is this kind of stoic Russian player that doesn't like to show his emotion, even he was almost cracking a smile a little bit. And then, you know, then the moment where they were looking at the Jumbotron and that, you know, we thought, uh oh, this isn't going according to script. And Alex Ovechkin had the look on his face like, are you freaking kidding me? But in any event, uh, it, it wasn't the, the Capitals' night. Uh, they got close, all things considered. I know if you take a look at the box score, They didn't win. They lost in the shootout, but I think that the Capitals turned it on, and later in the game, it just ultimately wasn't enough. Two goals in his last five games after going 14 consecutive games without a goal. Steps, baby steps in the right direction. So he now needs 66 goals to pass the great one, Wayne Gretzky. It's going to be tough. I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm not going to say that Alex Ovechkin is not going to pass Wayne Gretzky. I'm just going to say that it's going to be difficult considering how many goals that he has scored this year. He is only on goal number seven. He needs 66 more goals. Again, not saying it's impossible. It's just going to be difficult. So what were some of the other standout things in the game? Alex Ovechkin, Nick Down, John Carlson, that was the big moment, you know, that was the moment that, you know, it was like fireworks for Capitals fans, if that would have been the outcome. But also the Wilson-McCarran fight, those guys were chirping back and forth at each other all night and pretty equal fight, I guess I got to say. Both two huge dudes. Um, I think that Wilson ended up getting the better of him as he was the one that kind of took him down and was on top of him, but a pretty equal fight. And you can tell 
when it's a pretty equal fight and when Tom Wilson really has to work for it is he was irritated for a long time after the fight. He was still chirping him from the penalty box. Um, so there definitely was, I could tell that Tom Wilson, that was a challenge for him. You know, oftentimes he's one of the bigger guys in the league. He can just destroy someone. That was a tougher fight for Tom Wilson. But in any event, I think that he won it. Uh, that is my assessment on it anyway, but not only Tom Wilson, Edmondson, uh, was also uh, feisty and chirping it up out there as well, uh, playing a big physical brand of hockey, one of the things that we loved about him. And ultimately, one of the reasons I think that Brian McClellan uh, sought his services is he does have that physicality to his game. Um, also, Malenstein uh, is a beast, bringing his physical brand of hockey and scoring a goal not too bad for a fourth-liner. Um, and he's a guy that has been looking for his spot on the Capitals for years. We thought it was going to be his year last year. He was on the Capitals for a while and then got injured. This is his year, knock on wood, that he can stay healthy, that he is uh, continuing to be a really big piece of this Capitals team, uh, this wave of younger players that is coming in, also Connor McMichael, you know, Alexi Protus, uh, Hendrick Slapierre. Uh, we've seen, you know, Hunter Shepard slowly we're going in that direction of getting younger. And uh, it's really just encouraging for me to see these players uh, step up that we've heard so much about for so many years. But also, um, not to go unnoticed, is Alexei Protus picked up an assist on Ovechkin's goal and now has five assists in his last six games. His 15 assists this season lead all forwards and rank second on the team. Alexi Protus, again, if we want to take a look back to last season, came out really strong out of camp, had a little bit of a bumpier ride under the tutelage of Peter Laviolette, but this season, just killing it. I think it's chemistry is the big thing uh, with Alexi Protus, and just he kind of just feeds into the Spencer Carberry coaching style. I loved it. And being that we're talking about the youth of this team, Connor McMichael continues to prove his worth by getting Four shots on goal. As advertised, if you are an everydayer of the show, and if you followed the show for a long time, this last summer I said that this needs to be the year for Connor McMichael, and it has been. And look what's happened. He's made the most of his opportunities. Uh, you take a look at him last season, for example. He, he didn't have much chance to prove himself. So right away, if he didn't just totally take off, you know what happened? Then Peter Laviolette scratched him, you know, that he always wanted to go with a more veteran player. Give Connor McMichael his opportunities, and he has done nothing but kill it. And I love the brand of hockey that we've seen from him thus far. All right, so coming up here after the break, I am going to make the case that Hunter Shepard deserves a whole lot more playing time. Why do I think about that? I'll talk about that. Regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 money line bet. That's $150. And uh, in, in, if your team wins, win or lose, the app is easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same game parlays. 
Find bets in the new Explore tab. Make a parlay in the Parlay Hub the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That is fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. So go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. All right, welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So the Capitals called up Hunter Shepard once again. Why did they do that is because that Charlie Lindgren got injured and Hunter Shepard is always here to fill in and play play a huge role on this team. Always does just a really great job. And it is my belief that the Capitals should take a longer look at Hunter Shepard to see what their options are. And I know people are going to say, well, what are you talking about? It's Darcy Kemper and Charlie Lindgren. That's the way that it is. Give Shepard more playing time. Hunter Shepard was called up in light of Charlie Lindgren's injury. What did he do? He kept the Capitals in the game by making some 10 bell saves. Make no mistake about it. Some of those saves, I don't think that necessarily Kemper could have made. Maybe even Lindgren couldn't have made. I think for sure, maybe not Kemper. I want a longer look at Shepard and reinforces my belief that he is NHL ready. What am I saying? We want that shiny new toy, otherwise known as a top six forward. I would explore options on moving a netminder as he saved 34 of 36 in the game. And that's one of the things that I've spoke of on the show is that the Capitals have just a glut of talent in netminders, whether it's on the big team, the Capitals, Hershey, uh, or down in the Stingrays, not to mention uh, the other players that they have, like in the junior leagues and that kind of thing, like Antoine Keller. So there is plenty of options, considering that there is Hunter Shepard, there's Clay Stevenson, both really great options that I would explore. I would at least list, be willing to listen to an offer on, say, someone like a Darcy Kemper. Um, you know, and I don't want to disparage him, but he has not really lived up to his hype. He has shown flashes of greatness and maybe a little bit more flashes than some of the other players that I, when I reference flashes of greatness, but I think that if you have a viable option, uh, in the form of Hunter Shepard, why not use him? He was the MVP of the Calder Cup last year, playing another huge role on the Hershey Bears this season, not to mention what he's doing for the Capitals, and also Clay Stevenson, who continues to knock it out of the park. Why not listen to offers that are available? There has to be other teams that are out there seeking netminding services. I've heard, and if you haven't heard, that um, taking a look at Sam Sana, for example, placed on waivers. Toronto could be looking for a netminder. Not to mention that Edmonton as well. Those are just right off the top of my head that there are probably other teams in the NHL that would be seeking the services of, uh, you know, like a Darcy Kemper and, you know, maybe even a Charlie Lindgren. I don't know. I guess it depends on the return. But what is one of the things that we know? People are going to be like, are you nuts, Dan? They can't move one of these goaltenders. Listen, 
Capitals are struggling. They're scoring. Uh, they're struggling in scoring five on five. This team is struggling in the goal scoring department. Now, Max Pacioretty could potentially help in that pursuit, but we don't know that for sure, do we? I know that six times in his career he has scored 30 goals, but who is he right now? Um, everything that I've heard is that his shot still looks good, despite the fact that he's had Achilles issues the last two seasons, that he's still moving pretty well. But I ultimately don't think that that is what Brian McClellan meant when he said that he is going to go after a top six scoring forward. I, I just don't think that's the case. So what does that have to do with Shepard? What does that have to do with the goalies? Is you have to look at what pieces and what positions on your team do you have excess of. We know that there is an excess with the goalies. We know that there is an excess with blue liners that you might have to potentially give up a really big piece if you're going to get a really big piece. And it wouldn't be just a netminder. If you are going to get a true top tier scoring forward, top six, then you're going to have to probably give up at least a couple pieces if it's going to be someone of that ilk. And I think that that is what the Capitals are looking for. Um, because if you take a look, okay, so they lost in the shootout, but then take a look at the two games before that, five to one, two games in a row, five to one. Um, and then the games that they have won, they've been like by one goal or in the shootout or in overtime, kind of eking out victories. Um, so they really need someone to help in their pursuit of five-on-five five scoring, Hunter Shepard. To bring it back to Shepard, I think that he is a viable option. As someone that covers this team five days a week, I would have 0% worry about Hunter Shepard either being the number one or the number two. Most likely, he would start out at the number two. I would have no problem with that whatsoever. So if I opened up my phone tomorrow or I was listening to NHL Network Radio and I heard you know, that Darcy Kemper got dealt, I would probably be like, wow, that's that's something. What did they get in return? But I wouldn't just be like blown away by it. Listen, I think that people that are fans of this team think they're going to get that top six scoring forward by parting with, you know, a, a lower hanging fruit. That is just not the way that it's going to be. You are going to have to give up someone that's going to sting a little bit. Probably a couple different players that's going to sting a little bit. That's what is going to be needed if this team wants to turn it around. Um, I hate to say it. I don't know what this season holds. I'm As I record this right now on Sunday here, uh, coming up on January 1st, I'm not feeling super hopeful right now. With all the pieces that are in play right now, I'm not feeling super hopeful. Uh, and why? Just based on how this team has done this year. Uh, you know, you take a look at it, they'll win two games and everyone's drinking the Capitals Kool-Aid, but then pff, spit that Kool-Aid out because they're going on a losing skin again. It's difficult. They need consistency. They need continuity. Um, and they need to, to string together wins. They have the pedigree. They have the history. You know, you have to kind of start to widen the lens a little bit here. I hate to say it, but how much of this has to do with Spencer Carberry systems? This is the first time that the Alex Ovechkin, who is the number two all-time in goals, is struggling. Did he just... Or does it have at least something to do 
with Spencer Carberry Systems. I mean, he did good last year with Peter Laviolette. He did good with Reardon. He did good with Barry Trotz. He did good, you know, keep going back. Bruce Boudreau and uh, Adam Oates, you know. How how come he was uh, able to find a way to do it under all of those coaches but has struggled this year? Is there an underlying issue? Uh, an underlying health issue? Uh, what is it? Ultimately, I don't know. But to bring it back here... <laughs> We need help in scoring. And I think that moving someone, uh, a big name netminder on the team, could be ultimately what the doctor ordered uh, to help in the pursuit of scoring goals to bring it back here to Hunter Shepard. I think that he is ready. I think that he has proven himself on every different level, whether where he started off at UMD, uh, where he's you know worked his way up through the Stingrays and the Hershey Bears. Let's go all in in this pursuit of making this team that much better. And when you have viable options down in Hershey, why not use them? And that's the thing that's a bit frustrating for me. If you take a look at where the Hershey Bears are in general, they're doing really good. Why haven't we given Ethan Frank more of an opportunity? Scarbosa, um, Dubay, why haven't we given more opportunities to these guys that are killing it down in Hershey? We need help in guys right down in Hershey or over in Hershey that can get it done. It just kind of baffles me. So if you're not going to make that big trade, why not see what you have in your AHL affiliate? Obviously, they're doing something right there, right? That's my take on it here uh, as we head into the new year is I want more. I don't want this to be another wasted season as we know that we don't have too much more time with Alex Ovechkin. I think that he needs a complimentary piece. Uh, you know, for years he had Nick Backstrom assisting on a bunch of his goals. Obviously, Strom and Kuznetsov are not the guys to get it done. I just am having a hard time believing that Alex Ovechkin just fell right off the cliff. You know, without, you know, he as far as I know, he has no major injury. So let's get this together. Let's get this uh, team going. I think that they have the raw talent. There's leadership. There's young players. There's great net minding. Let's get it done. Let's make a push for it for the remainder of the season. All right, so after the break here, we will talk about Ethan Bear and how he did in his debut on the Capitals. I'll talk about him coming up. Come back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So there was some excitement for me watching the game against the Predators. One of the reasons why is that Ethan Bear joined the team. And I'm always excited uh, to see when, you know, the Capitals bring in a new player to see what they have. You know, I'll also be excited when Max Pacioretty joins this team. Just something that potentially could just kind of shake things up a little bit. I think that this team right now is a little bit stagnant. I think that they are lacking in the confidence department. I think that this, you know, Anthony, a lot of the players on the team could take a page from Anthony Mantha. He is a confident player and it's showing out on the ice. I think this team lacks confidence and Ethan Bear is maybe that fresh new blood that the Capitals need to help you know, get this team going again. Ethan Bear made his debut as a capital and head coach. Spencer Carberry had brief instructions, play a clean game and don't try to do too much at first. Uh, we know that he is slowly working his way back from a shoulder surgery that he had. Uh, he told the press that he's 100%. But with that said, nothing can truly prepare you for what lies ahead on the ice other than just getting out there and doing it. And I think that the tendency is... I have been off the ice for so long. I am going to go out there and make my mark right away. 
let's just take it easy there. And it didn't take long for him, though, however. A few shifts in, and he was feeling it and ready to rock and making a shot that rang off the crossbar to say, Hey, Ethan's bear, bing, maybe you didn't hear, now you know. And uh, he does have quite a shot. Uh, that is, I didn't notice it, you know, maybe necessarily in real time, but when they did the replay on it a couple times, he has quite a shot. And, you know, for a defenseman, I think that he is going to bring a lot, even offensively. I like the move for Ethan Bear. I was most impressed with what I saw in his debut. What did he do out on the ice? He had three block shots, or excuse me, three blocks and two shots. Quite a thing for a guy that just, this is his first game back in quite some time, his first game with the Capitals, but his first game back in the NHL, I think that he really made his mark. Honestly, kind of surprised myself a bit, he said, because I didn't know how I was going to feel. I've skated a lot with myself, my trainer, my skills coach back home, you know. He was playing big minutes right away. Um, and that was kind of, you could tell that uh, Spencer Carberry uh, had the faith in him. You could tell that uh, Mitch Love had uh, faith in him as well, playing big minutes right out of the gate, primarily with Sandine, right around 20 minutes. Uh, so you know how they talked about a slow integration and working into it slowly, slogging some pretty heavy minutes for a guy's first game back. Uh, in the NHL. Pretty exciting. It was great. Definitely had a lot of fun. The emotion, the adrenaline, the nerves, I felt all of it getting ready. And to put that jersey on and play with guys like Ovechkin, Carlson, Kuznetsov, it was a lot of fun, Bear said in his debut. I looked up to those guys growing up and watched them a lot. I didn't feel really tired today, and it just kind of shows how much I've taken care of myself by coming here. Overall, it was a good game, and I'm happy the way I played. Um, and everyone else was happy. Hunter Shepard had glowing comments for him. Also, Spencer Carberry, uh, Mitch Love. Um, and then I think that he made his mark. He made a good first impression with the Capitals. Again, I look forward to seeing more of Ethan Bear. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see where his long-term home is uh, in the deep pairings there. But uh, I think that he made his mark, you know, as much as you possibly can uh, in your first game with a team. And ultimately, the Capitals did a, a good thing. They got him on bargain basement shopping there, a two-year deal, uh, not a lot of money. I think that it was a sound move for the Capitals, all a part of building the blue line of the future. You know, you take a look at Faravari, Sandine. Could we put Ethan Bear in there? With it only being a two-year deal, he has two years to prove himself. If he knocks it out of the park, they can always give him uh, an extension. I like it. Um, I think that the Capitals need to make more moves like this. Now that we've kind of solidified the blue line, I think that they need to make more moves with scoring forwards. I think that we're going to have to have make some tough decisions, uh, Brian McClellan, that is, about maybe moves, moving some players that just aren't getting contributions on this team. Because, you know, you take a look at the injured players that are out when TJ Oshie comes back. Is he going to fix what ails this team? I don't think so. I think that he might help, but this isn't TJ Oshie from 10 years ago. He's still an older guy in the NHL, uh, so it's going to be difficult. Sonny Milano, when he comes back, is he going to fix what ails this team? No. So big moves need to be made, um, and if they have reluctance of making those big moves, like I talked about in the previous segment, they have viable options down in Hershey. Why not give Ethan Frank another look? Why not give Scarbosa? Why not give Dubay a, a, a look? There is plenty of options down in Hershey. 
You know, I know that we oftentimes utilize the netminder in Hunter Shepard and Clay Stevenson at uh, certain points there. Why not tap into that talent? Obviously, who's on the ice right now is not getting it done. And I know that that would truly be a shot across the bow for a lot of the veterans on the team if they had to sit in favor of a guy down in Hershey. But if you have to rattle someone's cage a little bit, then that's what you got to do. Because as it stands right now, it's not getting done. Again, I do not want to squander this 23-24 season as just kind of a way of you know feeling his way out. This is Spencer Carberry's year of feeling his way out. No. Make the moves that are tough because if they're not made now, they're going to have to get made in the offseason. Just quit kicking that can down the road. We're going to be better next year, next year, next year. These are all the perils of, of being in win-now mode for many years, kicking prospects out, that kind of thing. I think if there's a sound moves that can be made without mortgaging the farm, I think the capital should do it. But you know what I don't want to have happen is them to deplete the farm system to get a player. That's not what I'm talking about. Prudent, wise decisions to help make this team competitive uh, in the Metro Division again. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals. And Happy New Year, everyone, as we put a bow on the 2023 year, uh, the 2023 part of the season for the Capitals as we turn the page and head into the 2024 part of the season. Let's hope that 2024 is a better season. That is my hope for the Capitals and for the Capitals fans as well. And I want to thank all of you that listen and watch this on YouTube. Ultimately, you are what makes this show a hit. And I want to thank all of you that have listened, uh, all the new followers and subscribers. It's really It really helps the show out. And again, I, I want to thank you guys so much as we wrap up this Locked On Capitals year here in 2023. Thanks to all the new subscribers on YouTube. Thanks to all the people that have this show near the top of the charts, on the NHL charts. Thank you. It means the most to me that you guys listen to this on your podcatcher of choice or watch this on YouTube. If it wasn't for you guys, this show would not be successful. And I give a tip of the hat to all of you that listen and watch to this, sh this show on a daily basis. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.